0: Welcome to a brand new episode of Markers on the Map. Each week it's games, news, and more from the classics to the current gen as we explore gaming's infinite, ever-changing landscape. Check out the gaming adventure on Twitter at Markers on the Map, and thanks for listening. are trying something a little bit different this week it's been 113 episodes before this and we've never thought to try this one before
1: Uh, i mean (laughs) it's because we were during a whole big issue in 2020 so there's a reason why we never did this in person
0: yeah so we are doing this one in person for the first time ever we're gonna see how the it works out like how it sounds how it ends up sounding logistically and and how easy the editing is versus how you know it's usually not that hard but there are times when it when it has been um like syncing the
1: audio up and everything but you, you know what's funny i like how when we first started way before we did this podcast you told me you're like let's do it through this and that a different method and maybe we'll see how it is in the future we'll change it to. that i like how that's just how we stayed for the 100 episodes we yeah. never changed it
0: <laughs> and all of a sudden i've got this idea like you know what i i had this a few weeks ago um but i was busy you were busy i was like you know what let's try the live podcast for a change because the other like a few of the other podcasts i listen to Mm -hmm. um like the kit and krista podcast they they usually do a live podcast they're usually in the same room but Mm -hmm. i'm sure that they have like more professional recording gear than we do and you know stuff like that but it's it's an interesting little start to this yeah start to this so if our audio sound if like if like I know I'm usually the one that ends up like yelling on the mic. If I'm a little quieter, it's because we are both using the same mic.
1: <laughs> I mean, it seems to be working fine. It doesn't seem to be any issues. Yeah, no, right? I'm
0: actually watching the
1: audio spike
0: while I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Lot to talk about this week. We are continuing our long run through Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. This week, we're going to look at World Five, the Juicy Jungle, here on Markers on the Map, the weekly podcast gaming adventure. Where we've also got news this week. A lot of like live service cancellations and like games, you know, having their support pulled from them. Um, we're not going to talk about all of them, but I do have a few here on our topic list that I wanted to like highlight. Uh, mostly because they looked either interesting when they were announced and we talked about it, or, like, in Back for Blood's case, um, we played it. But that will be towards, um, you know, towards the second half of the show, um, depending on how long the, the, the Tropical Freeze coverage takes us. So before we get started, my name is Daniel, and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Robert, to whom I ask, even though I know, how you doing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, that question always still stands, and I always say the same answer. I'm doing alright, doing fine, just busy just busy busy but to ask you the same question how you've been but also ask you this question i asked you a couple hours earlier what's the saddest thing to be discontinued from a game as either a franchise or a service because we might be talking about that news later what was like the most like gut-wrenching like all this really hurts home like why they cancel or stop supporting this service and i said for sure it's
0: you know 2012 the ps3 twisted metal like just went I I believe that went on offline when we were doing the podcast or maybe a year before or something it's a game that I have so many fond memories of playing online with and I hadn't played for a long time after you know or like in the years leading up to it being taken off but like in the first couple years of twisted metal ps3 I was on it every day I had that trophy where you have to win one Mm -hmm. match every day for a
1: month literally get first place at the leaderboards Mm -hmm. um so, yeah, that was kind of sad. Did you have one in mind? The only thing I have in mind in recent memory, I was never big into the whole like live service or just stuff in my early days of playing games. But, yeah, recent memory, probably the Wii when Nintendo shut down the Wii shop because yeah. I was planning on getting a lot of stuff from the Virtual Console mm-hmm. and then that went down. and I'm like, oh, like, you know, that's like, ooh, like all this stuff I could have owned on my Wii system is now gone.
0: Yeah, they're actually shutting down the... We talked about this a long time ago. They're shutting that Like, about a year. They're shutting down the 3DS eShop mm. um, in March of 2023. Soon. Which, yeah, at the time of recording, it's it's about a month and a half away because we're in, in the start of February here. Um, so you can't actually put funds onto your 3DS anymore so you have to kind of like go onto the nintendo online account and um mm-hmm. put money onto it through that so that's how i was able to get um talking con country returns for a future episode on that um <laughs> before like i have no chance of ever getting it
1: i mean i have a wii but like i don't know how easy it is I to gotta come get across to this. <laughs> I gotta get- no it's like i was looking into it i have a copy but i was like i should maybe get a second copy it's only like 20 bucks yeah for returns it's not too bad
0: but you don't have to do the motion controls on the 3ds version no <laughs> you don't have to slam it up but
1: them. It's, the 3ds just has really weird visuals like it's 30 the, frames the, which really kind of sucks the Wii that's what I'm saying <laughs> the Wii has a better frame rate that's yeah. why I go for even though the controls are weird it, it doesn't bother me that much and it's hard for me to see the 3d because it's just hard for me
0: <laughs> but uh yeah I'm doing I'm hanging in there I'm a little frazzled mm-hmm. I say that almost every week now <laughs> It's this is just how it's been lately. Anyway, we had the chance to replay World 5 before recording. So like we've been doing for the past couple of weeks now, why don't we get straight into it? One Harvest Hazards. I guess the conceit of World 5 is that it's taking place in like a natural factory that is making juice. And mm-hmm. later on, it starts to make other things.
1: It's sort of how... It's kind of... What was funny is that this world shows the motive for the the villains in this game. Where it's kind of like King Kiro Where King Kiro went to Donkey Kong Island to take its natural, like... Like the natural resources? Its resources. Like how King Kuro went mining, for probably for whatever. And now they're trying to take as much fruit. You see all the fruit they're taking to make, like, popsicles and, like, gelatin out of it. They're just taking all that stuff, which... It's strange for uh, Antarctic or, uh, you know, whatever Walrus wants. It's very strange for this villain to have that type of motive. But we do see, I guess, a motive yeah. in, in his situation right here in this world.
0: Now, something that really strikes me with World 5 is that even, not, not just in Donkey Kong Country but in other platformers, it feels very... Um, I, I have I have notes as usual and I wrote that it is a bizarrely and unusually creative, like, idea mm-hmm. for a world... You don't, I mean, like, think about Mario, you've got ice, you've got desert, you've got lava, you've got forests, um, or swamp, stuff like that. But, like, this is kind of mixing a traditional jungle and giving it this thematic essence that we haven't seen in any other game. And I I feel like few games, like, dare to be this creative in it. So, yeah, I mean... (laughs) It's one of the most interesting in any game I've ever played. Um, so in this level there are certain sections towards the middle and the end where if you're standing on like or clinging on to the top of like the left or the right of a platform, it will start to move. So there are sections where you're having to dodge things that are coming at you, and there are sections like towards the end where Um, A platform is building itself and then bringing itself down, and you need to make sure you're on the right side of it as a platform builds itself in order to to make it towards the end. It's not, like, the most interesting level design here, but we are getting, like, a really
1: visual world that is pretty cool. Yeah, I guess... Is kind of I guess this could be the weakest first level. It is. It's, is not, the weakest. it's not
0: too. It's not too great. Like, I think it's like visually, like here we go. But like mechanically, there's a lot better.
1: I think it's setting up the bigger picture. It's the only one out of all the worlds where the first level is not necessarily trying to bring you in. It's yeah. setting you up for the bigger story at the end of this world.
0: And it's definitely the hardest of the the first levels in in, yeah. in the world. because I did. Um, replay six one Mm -hmm. right after i finished world five and like it's tough but it's not like this tough Mm -hmm. so this world in general just feels like especially if you're playing as donkey kong it does feel like it's got a lot of difficulty to it um five two is reckless ride this is a rocket barrel level Mm -hmm. um and it's across this ocean of purple juice and giant fruits that are blocking your path but the highlight is that this is kind of similar to Irate 8 in that there is a boss that is and can be considered the level. Mm-hmm. So there is this one, one of the snowmads is on top of a giant mech who can like spin its arm and like extend its claws at you. We have a 2.5D um, section where um, he's trying to take you out. So you're having to dodge the claws up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, you hit a checkpoint and then all of a sudden he's in the background and then you're dodging giant blades that are like chopping the fruit up and down and then all of a sudden they're coming at you in another 2.5 d section and then the the mech comes out for like the mini boss fight where you're you're just continuing to dodge him as like this visual storytelling of him breaking down walls to send berries flying into the ocean to be cut up um is going on um it's shorter than i remembered it being but also like just kind of cool especially that part where the blades are coming at you it's like sinister but it just like it's again it's like nothing we've ever seen in a game like this like there are sinister feeling mm. levels in the older ones especially donkey kong country 3 but nothing quite at this level of like oh my god these things are really trying to like kill funky kong
1: it's <laughs> it's weird because this whole world all right not this whole world this whole game has less difficult rocket levels they're much shorter This one is also one of those uh, mini boss levels where it's kind of a boss in itself, the uh, the robot. But it is pretty short. I think uh, if you time it, it's probably like a three minute level. Honestly, it's not that long.
0: No, I can't remember. Like we haven't done World Six yet, but I can't remember if there's another rocket barrel level in World Six.
1: There has to it's be. It's been
0: so long. Like, I've done the first two on replay, like, uh-huh. lately, but I haven't. <laughs> well, I know there's that Rambi volcano level that's kind of irritating.
1: I mean, I think that's the whole point of the last World 6 is because it's trying to bring in mostly everything throughout the game into one big world. It probably does have one more. Yeah. I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, there's definitely one in World 7 that's, like, half a
0: Rocket Barrel level and yeah. like half a Minecart level. Um, I was actually surprised because I had always thought, like, Thinking back to it, I always remembered there being a minecart level in World Five, but I guess I was getting it confused with the the one in World Four that was really good. Five mm-hmm. Three is Fruity Factory. This has an interesting like perspective change where after this first little opening platform challenge, we are blasted into the background, like in like into the back lane, really, um, which makes you think this level is going to be something that it's not. But then it just ends up being, you know, a regular platforming level. Um, but this is where the the fruits are kind of being destroyed by like paddles. So you're having to... I, I like this one okay, a lot. Yeah. Um, there's a section towards the end of this one where um, there's like a stairway of watermelon blocks that are being destroyed and splattered mm-hmm. as you're hopping on them. So it's your job to kind of like time your jumps to to how the paddles are, are, are whacking back and forth. Um, I really like that part. But this is also the one where blades are chopping the fruit and slices of them are coming out from the juice below. So like these yeah. little like grapefruit slices, they look like almost are, are, are like shooting upwards and then downwards. And it's your job to jump on those um, and use them as your platforms. Um, sometimes you'll have to wait for one to come out. Unless you're playing as Funky, of course, you can do do the double jump.
1: I mean that 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 section where the fruits are being cut up and up to being like uh, falling platforms, it does have one of those. Uh, I guess I would say cheap tricks where you you're in such good momentum of going forward. One section you have to go back just a little bit because yeah. the fruit will appear behind you, not in front of you. Funky, that's not our issue. You just fly towards the barrel. But as Donkey Kong, I re- remember being like, "What am I?" S-? I've done that part so many times maybe, like, five times. It's still a lot to do to where I realize, oh, I have to go back before I go forward. Yeah. It's one of those going back a bit then going forward.
0: And then we have two parts in this stage where there's, like, a, a wall of blades that is chasing us. Mm-hmm. And the first one kind of gives you a false sense of security because it's so easy to escape it. Um, but the in the second one, it's, it's a lot closer and you're having to, like, race against time yeah Yeah. it's a race against time for the most part um on the second one it's like the first one is there to be like oh you know what let's not worry about this at all Mm -hmm. you'll never see it again but the second one you're like oh no if i'm not doing this like really perfectly i'm gonna be in
1: some (sighs) trouble here and they have those um This world, I've noticed, has more uh, flammable owls. Yes. The the fire-throwing owls are more prevalent here than
0: any other world. Yes, and they're really annoying because oftentimes it feels like retro studios put them
1: in, like, the exact place for you to be like,
0: Oh, I got through this jump. Oh, but there's the fireball that's coming directly at me. (laughs) Yeah, either
1: the fireball or they're on fire so you can't hit them. Yeah.
0: Um towards the end of the stage we do have a scene where like we have this false sense of achievement we uh, we think we're at the end mm. but we sink down of like we're shot down into like the juice and then all of a sudden we're having to platform upward in a scrolling section um with the with the grapefruit slices mm-hmm. or you know face falling into that bottomless pit of just like juice <laughs> uh it's definitely tense and I remember playing this the first time with Donkey Kong just really, really messing that one up a lot.
1: They did one of those old switcheroo, yeah. trickeroo
0: things. It's like the um, the level in World 3 where you go inside of the horn at the end. Uh-huh. It's like
1: you just
0: missed the gold <laughs> barrel, and then all of a sudden it's this whole section. But that one's more fun than, than this. This one's more, like, precarious.
1: You know what I've noticed in this game, in this specific one, a lot of the uh, final barrel you like you achieve at the end. Some of these worlds actually have like a time limit. You can't stay on the platform forever because they're either it's sinking or disappearing. Yeah, it's weird because I guess you can rack up balloons if you get the DK thing. You have a chance to rack up some coins mm-hmm. and balloons. So I guess they might have not want to have it such have it so easy for players to get balloons so easy. I guess If you catch what I'm saying. Yeah, but but that's five three. Uh, I'd say.
0: It's a pretty good level. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a super problem with any of the levels. I just think that it's starting to get a little more mechanics heavy. Whereas, like, World 6 that we'll talk about on, on the next one... Yeah. Um, ...feels more like, do something fast. hmm This feels like there are parts where you have to do that, but it's also like there are parts when you just need to marvel at all the gears, all, all the things mm-hmm. going on behind the scenes. 5-4, then, is... Panicky Paddles. This might be my least favorite of, of World 5. Mm-hmm. It's it's not bad, per se. Um, and I wrote that this is a level where you can swim in the juice. And there's just those just subtle hint of aquatic ambience when you go into the water. <laughs> it's not even a full remix. It's just like the Panicky Paddle song, but then it does the, the little jingle um, that David Wise loves. Um, this mostly revolves around the giant spiky fruits. They are bouncing and turning these platforms um the spinning platforms that you can't jump on if they're spinning Uh so there'll be sections where things are coming in from the background and hitting them and if you're on it well then you're gonna fall through the next one um there's sections where you're blasting a barrel and having to wait for the the platforms to to start spinning Mm -hmm. so that they're not kind of blocking your path Um, a lot of games love to do this every platformer has a game with like these spinning levels um Like I think about like Mario World has tons of this stuff. But there is a a wind tunnel underwater part towards the end that I just hate because it gives you two distinct lanes you can go through. But if you choose the top lane where the letter N is, there's really nowhere to swim. (laughs) <laughs> to not get hit on this. It just seems like it's, there was no actual breathing room here.
1: It was one of those you have to go the bottom route, go up, and then go back to get the end, and then just you have to kind of do a circle. It's yeah. one of those. Unless you want to take the hit, which is a risk because then you lose your Kong. In yeah. order... To get to the secret passage, to get to the secret level, you need both Kongs. Yeah. So it's one of those, either you risk it and make sure you never get hit on the next part, or you take it safe, you take the longer route, you go under, you make a full circle, and then go back on top.
0: Yeah. And then towards the end, we have that part where it's just tons of spinning platforms, Mm -hmm. and they're, like, one by one, although, like, it seems like everyone you jump on is at risk of being, you know, like starting to spin by whatever fruits are shooting out from the background. it's, it's a mechanic that we I don't particularly enjoy in, mm. in platformers. This spinning platform mechanic. Um Sonic does it a lot. I mean, thinking about something like Chemical Plant Zone does this thing towards the end where it's like, Oh, you ran on the platform and it like they, they, they got knocked over and now you're having to go through another water party and this is like the yeah. ending of Chemical Plant Hill Zone version of Donkey <laughs> Kong Country.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a good pretty good analogy.
0: Um, After that we're getting through these quick. Um,
1: after that we have Jelly Jamboree and well, You say we're getting pretty quick but honestly I guess these levels are really racing levels. I think True. mostly out of all these worlds this just seems to be the most like racy get to as fast as you can world yeah i i feel like we might that's why we might be just going through this super quick because there's not a lot going around it's just sort of jump here jump here jump here jump here get to the end of the platform and maybe some things here and there but there's not a lot going on within this world
0: almost like there was like a fatigue in the
1: design mythos yeah but
0: it's hard to notice unless you're kind of scrutinizing it because the visual storytelling that is going on the overall plot of this mm. world and the levels as you go through it and even some of the bonus levels in this world um, is so interesting that maybe this was this not this is just conjecture here but what if they what if that was the excuse to have some more like bog standard themes like spinning platforms or you know platforms that go forward and then recede into the background in 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 one of the upcoming levels
1: these are pretty short levels actually if you really do kind of break it down they're short
0: yeah i think the longest one is the five uh five b five b is is really long for some reason
1: i yeah these are short levels i just think that's just it
0: yeah um so jelly jamboree though i think that mechanically is a very well designed level um and i really like this one so this is the one this entire level mostly takes place on jello that's mm. bouncy um so it's already unique we we see what the the fruit is being turned into now it's not just juice it's oh, actually yeah. like you know jello and popsicles and stuff like that um, but we have three different jellies. We have mm. purple, which will give us a regular, you know, bounce. We have the green jelly, which will bounce us even higher. And then we have blue jelly, which will turn
1: platforms that other green, blue, hmm. or purple jelly will be on. Green, blue, and purple jelly. I wonder what that's a reference to. I wonder what else franchise has green and blue and purple things. Why am I, <laughs> Why am I blanking on this now? Green, blue, and purple. Good guys have green and blue. Bad guys have red. No purple? You could get purple. Star Wars.
0: Oh, what the heck? <laughs> yeah,
1: cuz good guys have green, have uh, green and uh blue.
0: How do, I don't know, cuz only Mace <laughs> Windu has a purple.
1: <laughs> yeah, no cuz there's an interview where he's asking him he's like, well, cuz like, well and then uh, <laughs> what is it? George Lucas is like, well, good guys get green and blue, bad guys get red, and then Mace, and then Samuel Jackson's like, no purple. And he's like, you could get purple. And he gets all True. happy. He's like, I could have get purple.
0: Oh, see, I totally blanked on that.
1: That's <laughs> a Star Wars reference. And that's a long the shot. The deepest cut. That's Star a Wars. long yeah. shot.
0: Um, but I like this level. It's, it's cool. It's brisk. I think it's so very Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze to mm. have sections where there are enemies in the background stepping on blue blocks of jelly to start turning platforms so that you um are having to time your jump instead of you doing it like there's points where you do it but then there's points where there's like penguins in the background that are jumping on you you're having to be like oh I need to mm-hmm. get onto this platform before he jumps up again otherwise I'm I'm out of it. it it's it's designed there's no big set pieces but there is a funny part where you're in like a mountain of jello cubes and you have to smash out of it mm-hmm. kind of like the plane from the the first level um, I really think this is creative and a good use of, like, visual storytelling while also making the level, like, pretty fun. Like, it's, again, bounce levels are something that we see in most platformers. So there's a bit of, like, a generic feel to it. If I remember, didn't Jelly Boy also have, like, a bouncy level like that?
1: And then his whole gimmick with it, it was, like, just bouncy, right? Yeah. That was his whole gimmick. But I know what you mean. It, is, it does feel like... I guess it, it feels, in a way, as the player, it feels cool to see your, I guess, character yeah. jump super high and make these, like, amazing... Le- it's kind of like why we go to go watch, like, circus shows with people on trampolines and yeah. tight ropes. It's just cool to see people doing these like crazy jumps and just like really cool stuns and just kind of maybe the same feel with it
0: yeah but like to retro's credit with the juicy jungle it is a good way of making kind of a bog standard mechanic very interesting because it's not usually like blocks of colored jello mm. that we're jumping on it's usually like springs in sonic's case so, like not to say there isn't a few Sonic levels in, like, Mania, I think. Like, one of the chemical plants in one of the Sonic games had you jumping on, like, different colored, like, jelly almost to that, that did different things. But that game is newer than, than Tropical Freeze. So, um, but yeah. Bog standard and good visual storytelling tel- seem to be, mm-hmm. an, a, like, a recurring theme. And this is not something I thought about until just now when we're talking about it. But, mm-hmm. like, there are mechanics here that are just... They're in everything. Um, whereas, like, even a lot of the swimming mechanics from World 4... Mm-hmm. I've only ever seen in in this game. Now, 5.6 is Frosty Fruits. <laughs> I don't think this is a generic level at all... But it's such a pastiche of Sonic. It's, it's basically Sonic. <laughs> it's
1: so weird because you get to this whole... It still fits in with the theme because it's fruit being taken, turned into juice... They're turning to but then being turned into popsicles. And this is the whole section where it's the freezer section of this. I guess you can, you know. It's kind of
0: easing us into, like, yeah. the
1: last world because everything's starting to get a little icy. It's, uh, it's, um, just, like, their main, now we see their main focus. Like I said, it's their resources, their food, uh, food, their food. And then it's like they want to make, I guess, dessert out of it. They just, you know, since they live in the ice world, they only eat ice food, so they need fruit to to have to. Maybe that's why they're there. Maybe they just hate water flavored popsicles. So like, we need some type of like variety. Let's get like banana or some like some exotic fruit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's an island not that far from here. Let's go take some fruit from there. Yeah,
0: but like I said, this is like essentially a, a Sonic level. Mm-hmm. Like the music sounds like Sonic. Um, dodging under the, like, frozen popsicle drills is, like, doing a spin dash in Sonic. You're you're ducking down, or you're even rolling sometimes. Um, and th- that feels very Sonic. There are speed trap springs that will bounce you from left <laughs> to right that yeah. is very Sonic. And, obviously, the, the springs that, you know, shoot you up in the air feel very Sonic in this level. It's literally Sonic. All it's missing
1: is Knuckles. All it's missing. Uh... uh... It's like I said. It's one of those just quick pace, go at it, yeah. uh, really fast levels. A lot of ducking. I wish it was longer. I mean, it it could be, but then maybe if it was too long, it would have just overstayed its welcome. Yeah, it might just be it's good enough to where you would want more, but it's just enough. Yeah, it, it, you don't need it to be any longer than that. Uh, like I said, this whole world we got through it pretty fast because it because this whole world I think is meant to go like quick, like it's, you're meant to just run through it. Just going
0: off the guesses I'm making here, maybe that's because they were saving their big ideas mm. for like an admittedly like fully handcrafted World mm. Six that just like looking back at it is the perfect combination of like music and design philosophy. Uh, with things breaking apart and you like climbing up walls as they're falling, stuff like that we'll get into next week. There's a there's a few you know flat solid sections of frosty fruits where you're jumping on the popsicle or you're jumping on the frozen blocks of jelly Mm -hmm. um but it is a very brisk like love letter to the sonic franchise and i don't know for sure if that's what they intended it to be or not but it's definitely the vibe that i got when i was replaying it earlier this week i'm like wow this is just totally the most sonic thing i've ever seen in any game besides Sonic, (laughs) aside from like freedom planet Mm -hmm. which is essentially a sonic game (laughs) Now we have five boss, which is Bowl. This polar bear, this polar bear, this beyond over long fight that just does not stop uh, is pretty easy with Funky. Terribly hard with Donkey Kong. Uh-huh. It's so long. It's
1: bizarrely it a long. long. Fight. It is a long fight. It is a long fight. But I did show you the trick with the explodable watermelons that you can get some extra hits in before he's dizzy.
0: I'm almost certain that when I did my Donkey Kong run back in the day, I used the watermelons because I was just so... I was trying... I I would find out all the tricks to get two hits and then one on a phase instead of doing all three. Because even back to the owl, you can get two hits um, through an attack cycle on all three phases, if I remember correctly um but this is just so much nicer with funky with the double jump so you're not having to like you know if if a wall of ice blocks is coming at you you at least have a fighting chance if you're
1: if you're already it, on one it has that unfair uh boss battle part where you're supposed to when you see an ice wall coming at you it's at least supposed to start low and get yeah. you high sometimes it'll give you the three stack before it even gives you the two stack so yeah. it's kind of maybe sometimes you might have to take an intentional hit just to get through it
0: and i don't like that the bosses in this game, as I've said every week, I don't like. It wasn't them.
1: that bad. I don't, it wasn't that terrible. It's definitely
0: not terrible as Funky for me. It's it's, it's just so long and drawn out. But I like the Cobra Kai esque music <laughs> that plays through it. It's definitely got some cool music.
1: I mean, uh, it's still not the worst boss compared to the baboons. That I think is a much longer boss fight because there's such a small window to hit them that it could take you forever. Which here, it, it's kind of. Once you get the pattern down and kind of see when he's going to go dizzy, it's kind of easy to see. Yeah. Uh, and then the just the blowfish was just the worst boss it's, fight. It's just it's too terrible. difficult. Yeah, it's terrible cuz how difficult. You it can bring can in be. all
0: the items you want. It's still going to suck. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the boss. And we have a few bonus levels. Now, the bonus levels in this world aren't my favorite. I think the ones in world well,
1: 4 are probably A is honestly visually and fine and it's honestly a fine bonus but not the second one and yeah, we'll obviously get to that later yeah but we'll talk about 5a i guess
0: Fi- 5a is beehive brawl mm-hmm. it has serious shades of donkey kong country too like going into the zinger hive mm-hmm. um i said of course there's bees in this world <laughs> there's all kinds of sugary treats going on i here. mean
1: will pollinates flowers bees mm-hmm. that, that makes fruit it's it's bees so there has to be a beehive somewhere um so it's all about navigating the hive and clinging onto like these
0: hives that are attached to strings they are like pendulums almost. Mm-hmm. They swing through the air, and you've got to jump from one to the other. There is a few that are stationary, but they're usually swinging, and you can climb, you know, three hundred and sixty degrees around them um, and jump onto the next one. There is a part where you're like having to grab onto platforms that bees are carrying, mm-hmm. and I actually did not know this because I don't know if I've ever reached this level with um donkey kong uh-huh. um, because i don't know if i've hit all the bonus levels with him because uh, it's been a while since my donkey kong file but um you can i didn't know that you could punch them to because there's there's parts where you're definitely gonna get hit and because i don't like you can't move up or down to make them go it's not like you can control the b or
1: anything but like robert let me in on the fact bro, that you can punch them <laughs> bro i can't tell you how i did that level and I'm, I'm like, how can I just? Because I'm like, like,
0: how you get two hits I if you don't have another con yeah.
1: with you? You've only got two hearts. Yeah, I'm like, how? I'm like, okay, I have to get this DK barrel because I, if I take another hit, I'm done for. And then, right when I'm getting to the last part of that, so it's like it's two parts. It's only like one, one part of that, and then another part. I'm in the second part to the very end, and it hit me in my head so hard, and like a, a, a thought just hit me. I was like. What if I just punch it? What if I just do my paddle punch? And yes, that's how it works. You just have to punch it. Yeah. So
0: now I know. <laughs> um, otherwise, like I do think it's another long, overdrawn
1: level. I like it. I like, the, I like the way it visually looks. It yeah. does give me this DK two. It's, it's, it's
0: definitely got like five. Eight, like five, World Five, while it has shorter levels, definitely has like the longer bonus levels. Um, I do like the part at the end when the hive that you're on is like flying through the air and you're like going all around and
1: it is just going nuts and then I like that part. It's weird because we haven't seen think about it like this. Look at World 5. It's meant to be fruit juice ice level. Like that's when you see that it does not out of place. This is out of place visually but not in the sense of its story. Yeah,
0: not thematically.
1: Compared to World 1, where the bonus world one of the, was it? The first one is yeah. visually weird because it's just like a silhouette and it doesn't make sense to be in that world. Yeah. Compared to this world, visually it does look kind of off-putting because it is like all orange and yellow and honey and bees, but like I said, you know, flowers have to bloom somehow and bees, you know, help pollinate flowers. So Story-wise, it makes sense for them to be there but it is also one of those weird ones just like I said the first world just has the but one of the bonus worlds just be kind of off putting it's weird that it's there it's like you, yeah. you really look at it it looks so different compared to everything it's else It's in that, that like world. temple thing that the, yeah. the the
0: the the one where you're going down the zip lines mm-hmm. now a, a thing to be said about that is that 5A is like on the critical path on the map
1: mm-hmm. of world
0: 5 whereas like in World 2's more underground. Like, World 2 is all about going through the windmill village, but their bonus levels are underground. It mm-hmm. still feel it still felt like it fit because they were out mountain. of the way.
1: Yeah, it was the mountain. And they there. were in You're the mountains. Yeah. This
0: this feels like it fits specifically. Be, like, this is, like, you could consider this a main level because it is on literally the critical path towards the end.
1: Yeah, but more or less, 5A, I, I, I generally liked it. I think it's the it's better... Fine. Out of the bonus ones because we'll get to five B. Yeah, five um, B is
0: jam and jams. Um, like I said, I guess that the pure platforming stages in this game take place on like like lightning storms because there was one in World Four, which is without a doubt my favorite bonus level of the game. That that mm-hmm. one that took place during the the lightning storm. Now, like the lightning isn't like a mechanic or anything in this one; it's just like there visually in the background. But this is an intricate level with receding platforms like i talked about earlier they'll come out to the front and then they'll go back to where you would fall off if you were still standing on them there's a little bit of barrel blasting there's some climbing there's dodging these little blade things along the ground that we that i never noticed had Mm -hmm. little like walruses in them oh Um, there's you know there's your classic platforming like oh here's something to come crush you with spikes or stuff like that it's demanding but it's also something that you see in every other level. It's the theme of this world, just thinking about it. And I hadn't had those thoughts before, you know, talking about it right now because the world is so visually pleasing. But this one is just,
1: it's something. It. I like how I just pointed out that with the last bonus, it felt out of place. But what's funny is that I think the bonus level should feel out of place because when I played it and we're going through it, I—I I, for the moment that we started and got to the end, because this is a long level too for it's some reason. It's really long. It's long. But from the moment we finished, it hit me. Oh, this is a bonus level. I thought it was part of the main world. I said, most people are not going to get to this part. And when they do, there's not really anything visually different. It kind of looks like a remix. of. You could take this bonus, switch it with the first level. It's the exact same thing. Nothing will change.
0: And it's about the same level. Well, I'd say this one has a bit higher complexity than the first level. But it's just, I think Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze... (laughs) when it's at its weakest, is these very intricate mechanics heavy, like, Mm -hmm. almost like there's too many ideas in a level, and and that comes with the levels being so long. Like, you look at all Donkey Kong Country games, the levels are very short, but they all revolve around a central mechanic, whereas levels in Tropical Freeze can have one or more mechanics, but when it's a mechanic that you just don't like from other games, like receding platforms, again, something we see in every other platformer game, it just, like, (laughs) drives me nuts. (laughs) Then... And this, we we made some reference to this a few weeks ago, uh, where there's a level like, in, like there's a level in Donkey Kong Country One, where you're in a cave and you're having to like jump off platforms at the oh. last possible second. Um, that's what the K level of World Five is like. It's yes. called uh, platform problems. And before I replayed it, I wrote on my notes, "This gonna be a problem," and then I proceeded to completely destroy the level first go like first try <laughs> against all odds and this was the one where in my first time going through it I just got so frustrated <laughs> I had to use the green balloons to <laughs> to to get you know to, to save myself from bottomless pits but like I owned it this time I and then I could not re- I could not replicate that in our in our second replay <laughs> before <laughs> was.
1: Uh, it's it's so funny because it's it's on par with another special level. I still have to remember which one is one of the K-levels, but it's not that difficult. They no. We have some more difficult ones. It is difficult. I, I guess we'll say this. We're just maybe that good at platforming because some people think... I think it's it's
0: think, so perfectly timed. That's true. To everything in this level. I
1: guess that's true. It's not... It's not I guess there's only one part where it, it can throw you off because yeah. you saw it kind of threw me off. But other than that, it is just time management. You just have to know when to jump and follow the path it's it's like the whole world in this we've been discussing it's just running through it you just have to know when to jump and just you can run through it easy so in this level
0: we've got um platforms that will turn so you can jump on them when they go along what Mm. looks to be like a heated pipe and then when it goes off of that heated pipe it will flip up and you won't be able to like jump on it again so it becomes more less about like platforming because like your jumps are going to be timed pretty like favorably to what the level demands of Mm -hmm. you it's more or less like you see a bunch of visual information you see spikes and you see and flying enemies and everything and you're like well it looks like i can jump here but i actually need to jump onto this enemy back onto that platform that enemy underneath this spike onto that one so you're kind of having to like think especially towards the middle and end sections um and then there's parts where they'll like just fall down when you jump on them and you have to be like okay this is like my donkey kong country one skills are are coming in handy now where Mm. i'm like at the at the very cusp of falling off or like going down too far when i have to make a very strategic jump
1: yeah it's it does remind me of that uh, one cave level and one. Like I said, it is one of those jump on the last minute platform to get elevated to go up somewhere. It has a lot of owls, electricity, fire. I guess there are no, they're blue fire. They're not electricity. Yeah, the blue actually, fire electricity ones. owl would actually be kind of interesting. Yeah. But they're they're blue fire. But one of those you have to hit them on their head and and not touch the blue owls, fire ones, and then like get to the other side. It does have some of those like timely jumps. You know, one enemy, another enemy, another enemy. Most of these do. But, like I said, we kind of just breeze through it pretty easy. Yeah,
0: it, it's actually, in my opinion, the easiest of the K levels. It's something I actually, like, I've not done any of these with Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. only Funky. I think I could do this one with Donkey Kong. I've done most of them
1: with Donkey the Kong. Well, I, I kinda, we we will put this, since we're doing this in person for the first time, we played Donkey Kong Triple Keys in person. This is the first time I've played as Funky. It threw me off. I, cause I'm cause so used to playing as Donkey Kong, it threw me off. But now it's really funny about this, I use a different control. Yeah. I use an alternative <laughs> control scheme that you didn't. So then it threw you off. So it's kind of weird that it was kind of like we were throwing each other off because I was playing as Funky, which I'm not used to. And I threw you off because I put a different control way of playing it. I put a, the alternative
0: so it, we ended up getting a little bit of the full force of the challenges <laughs> that world 5 presents in in some of its scenarios so funky's still really just like really fun to play as because of like the nonsense mm-hmm. the, the pure actual nonsense you can pull off with with funky Kong but that's world five next next week we'll probably do six and seven I know for one I am not probably gonna replay world seven because once was enough for me but mm-hmm. I would like to talk about a lot of the I don't know, nonsense that happens in world (laughs) seven. Um, there's some, yeah, it's, it's rough in
1: world. Seven. I can do those. I might, it might take me a while to get to them, but I, I think I can execute them with donkey Kong.
0: Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to, it'll be interesting to talk about world six too, because that's the longest world. Uh huh. And also like, it's just really good. The music in particular, as you like get through, there's another silhouette level in Mm -hmm. world six. That's phenomenal. Um, I think the only thing that I could say bad about it before we even talk about it is that it's, it's got a boss fight, and I don't like
1: those. <laughs> uh, what would you rank this world compared to the rest of them? Because I forgot my my order already. Is, I've been busy, like, so weak, I forgot my order.
0: I'm putting this under World 4. Under World 4? I think 4, and then 5, then 2, then 3, then 1. Okay. For me. I, I, I really think that World 4 is a masterpiece And I'm really almost... like We'll see how I feel after I replay World Mm -hmm. 6, but World 4 might just be my favorite based off the tone of it alone, which is something to say because it's mostly water levels. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what might put World 6 above it is that World 4 does also have my least favorite levels in the game. Uh, So like it's kind of balanced out by having my most favorite and my least favorite levels. But I'm... 5... From a visual storytelling standpoint, probably the best besides World 6. But mm. from, from you know, mechanically revisiting it, I'm still putting World 4 above World 5. And that sounds controversial to me.
1: It's, uh, it's amusing the visuals. I think it's the worst boss fight for 4, but boss fights, once you get it done, that's it. You gotta think of the yeah. whole picture. I hate the all the boss fights, so like... I mean, I don't you know, even... <laughs> yeah, it, you hate all the boss fights regardless, so yeah, I guess that's true. Um, you'd rank this... Mm. I would rank it, if I had to rank them, my favorite was the Forest World, which is World 3, then World 4 because of the music, but then I, sometimes I don't, the boss fight. I really put the boss fights in, in them too because it really just bothers me, but I might have to do 3, 5, 4, uh, 2, no, 3, then 2, then 1. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... It's hard to do a ranking when they're all, like, pretty okay, but I think us I think talking put- about World 5 has changed my opinion because I'm noticing so many more things that are just, like, the least original ideas.
1: <laughs> Wait, which one's the Forest World? I think it's 2.
0: 2 is the Windmill Village.
1: Oh, that's the 4? Yeah, okay, yeah. I messed up. I put three. three's the Safari one. Yeah, three's the Safari one. So then now, I, I think I said 3 twice. So for me now, 1 is 2. Mm-hmm. Then it'd be... Five, then four, then it would be three, then one. Mm-hmm. That would be my order now. They put. I think I said three twice. I I'm having a short memory span with <laughs> that. I don't know why I said three twice.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. So yeah, next week the plan I guess is to look at the Donkey Kong Island, the frozen over like the centerpiece, the end game of of the game. Not counting, you know, secret seclusion. Um, before we hit our news story, then. We have Pokemon Drip. Oh, snap. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I used to do it. That's how I do it. All right. This week, we are looking at the fire-type gym leader, Flannery, from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Um, She was redesigned, of course, for uh, Alpha and Omega. And she's always looked very cool. She's got kind of like a top on, like a fire top, and like uh, a black uh, top over it. She's got her like baggy pants with the red uh, like laces in them, her, her red and black shoes, her like giant red hair, and uh, a fire trainer belt it looks like. Um, definitely uh, an inspired design this for Flannery.
1: is definitely, you look at this character, you're saying... This is a fire type person. Yes. This is not one of those, oh, what type? This is fire Unmistakably type. Unmistakably yeah.
0: fire type.
1: I like this design.
0: Yes, it's very good.
1: I like it. The hair may be a little off-putting, a little too much, but what I want to say is, you know what's missing? A really cool jacket. I want to see what a really cool jacket would we'll yeah. look with this outfit. But as the, as it is, as a whole, I'm really liking it. I might give it, probably right now I'm feeling a four on it because I like the pants. I like the stitches on the bottom. The shoes you can't really see them, but from the design of the color scheme is matching pretty well. The the color of the pants is actually really going well with the red. Definitely. The way the red is uh colored. I also like the hair that it is different shades of red too. Yeah. Very goes, fiery. Yeah, it's like you know, you get the darker, you know, inner while you get the brighter orangey or yellow like outside of like the flame, like yeah. an actual fire. Like I said, there's no doubt this is a fire type character person and is obviously like I just really like the design I think it's the pants that are doing it for me I really like the pants
0: yeah I was honestly gonna give it a 4.5 but doofs out of 5 I think I give it a solid 4 Definitely in that range. for These
1: sure. are really good. These, wherever your game this is it has really good designs. Yeah, this is besides the newest Alpha one, and Omega Ruby and Sapphire. The newest one I, I think is the best designs they've done so far. There's some pretty good ones, but this one's pretty good.
0: They actually just released all the official art for Scarlet and Violet for not only the Pokemon but the characters. I saw and that. Like there's some like solid, some really solid work there. Um, so yeah, Flannery, like yeah, I mean these Alpha and Omega redesigns for these characters are not only like cooler, like. Th- they they have their unique identity from uh-huh. the 2000 you know the 2002 2003 versions, but like these versions are like they're top tier. This is Pokemon design at its best. So I guess now I, I did play the Theatrhythm Final Bar Line demo this week, yeah. um, but I think I might talk about that more along when the game actually releases mm-hmm. on the 16th. Um, so for right now, we have some news. First off, Star Wars Jedi Survivor has been delayed from a March 17th release date to an April 28th release date. It's not long. Mm. I'm not upset, aside from the fact that March 17th would have been a great time to release it, yet April 28th is, like, right after Mega Man Battle Network, Mm. right before Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, so it's like, now I'm kind of, like... Worried? Gray. When am I going to have time to play more Star Wars
1: game? It's one of those expected like uh, expected a delay maybe their final touches like always say we don't like time crunch if you have to add some final touches add a couple months to it yeah whatever Uh, it is not
0: worth complaining about yeah
1: but it is like It is in between certain people's, like, well, Zelda's coming out. It's one of those I can see it won't fail that bad. It's not like it's going against, like, God of War. No. I mean, it's Star Wars, too. Cyberpunk, or, like, anything that would be, like, the biggest thing of that, like, time, or even, like, Elden Ring. Because Zelda is still a a Nintendo thing, so a lot of people don't play. And this is is specifically on everything that Zelda's not. Yeah, Jedi will still do decently, but it will detract a lot of people who you know maybe were interested in it but like yeah. oh but zelda's coming out i gotta play that first before i play this it's
0: almost like not as close as horizon was to zelda or breath of the wild or to elden ring when the second horizon was came it, out uh
1: that was it skull and bones was gonna be released during god of war oh that yeah now been,
0: who who knows when skull and bones that was,
1: was gonna, <gasps> well now it's, but like, imagine if they did that like that would have just been the worst because people just would have been talking about god of war
0: yeah you know what came out a day before god of war right sonic frontiers oh that actually still sold well but it went on sale really quick it's it's selling fine they did um so there's there's a delay we actually haven't had news on a delay since well i was going to say since a long time but no skull and bones we talked about like like two weeks ago Mm -hmm. (laughs) um ign had a article that was kind of saying that playstation xbox and nintendo won't be a part of e3 2023 which uh okay that's That doesn't quite
1: bode well for... (laughs) Um, So, it's like, this is big news. People would want to go see this, like, big brand, big, like, Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo. But, as a business standpoint, I understand why... Sony no longer does it. Well, yeah, Sony hasn't done it in a long time. But Nintendo always has a big booth. You look at what they have to put through, their time, their money, their effort, their staff. There's so much stuff that Nintendo is like, we have our directs. Sony's like, well, we're following Nintendo's footsteps. We're doing our our directs They're doing state of play. So it's like, we can announce things whenever we want to. We don't have to wait for E3. It saves us money. You know, most people don't want to go to because like E3 was different from I guess you can put Anime Expo because when you want to Anime Expo there's a bunch of merchandise you can go through compared to E3 you're just kind of there looking at games and demos you're standing and, in line yeah. waiting yeah. to play something that you saw a trailer yeah. for and you know 10 like, minutes before it's, that's, that's what I'm saying so it's like as a business standpoint it doesn't make sense to spend that much money to do it so like I said as a gamer culture standpoint it might be like G4 where it was such a significant part of the culture but it might be just phasing out because you look at it they're directs, they can announce things whenever they feel like it. And I'll say this, the game awards has kinda of taken the place of like World Sure, Studios. and
0: Jeff does Summer Games Fest. He's doing yeah. Summer Games Fest this year. Um I know Xbox just did their <laughs> developer direct, as they call it. Um so E three is being done by Reed Pop this year. They're the people I believe who do packs. So it might be more of like an, an indie-centric indie centric event. Whereas Jeff's thing might be where we mm. see like, oh, as part of Summer Games Fest, here's a state of play um yeah. I, now i don't know if nintendo direct would be a part of summer games fest but it, it could air during it if yeah. there's one i'm actually anticipating there being a nintendo direct soon here like i'm like I, i've been saying this for weeks but i think we're gonna get one this month at the very least it's been so long it's for been too Ninten- long. it's yeah. been
1: way too long i don't know what they have planned at this point i i have some guesses but uh now's not the place to start guessing for
0: what's gonna be on yeah <laughs> There was a report or rumor that Sony had cut PSVR 2 output after low pre-orders. Now, I don't know if this is true or not, but if it is... I could probably venture to guess that it's probably because it's $550 That's for too much. That's the console. Too. It's,
1: yeah. I was interested in the VR 2, but honestly, seeing that price point, I said, I'll pick it up for $200 less or even on sale whenever.
0: And there's a lot of games coming out for it and planned for it, more, but, more than, like, PSVR 1, it seems, yeah. but, like, come on. That's
1: still too much. It's still too, like, here's the thing, I like how the first one, it was... Price, all right, but was it wasn't 300? a lot. Yeah, it was like, it $300? it wasn't a lot. But then now you look at this, like, well, you got Resident Evil, Borderlands 2 had a VR thing, and then like a lot of other games are coming out with VR stuff. But well, like, that, an
0: Oculus is like $200
1: yeah. and so, has all the
0: VR games that wireless, everybody loves. Yeah.
1: You don't have to put your headset into a, a whole system because it doesn't make sense for someone to buy the system and then buy the headset, just buy the Oculus. It
0: almost feels like Sony decided to go for the high-end VR set mm-hmm. when... With how well the PS5 is selling, they should have gone with a more
1: consumer friendly.
0: Like I'm not saying it's not probably going to be a consumer friendly product, but like it's not a consumer friendly price. At the
1: end of the day, it's still an accessory. It's not a main yes, console. Yes, yes, It should not be that price. And there an will accessory. never be as much games for VR yeah, as. It's an accessory at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. A um, few other things we got this month: PS Plus games, which will be out the day that this episode goes up, are just nuts. Uh, there's Ali Ali World, a game that I believe I talked about last year on this mm-hmm. podcast. Very good game. Destiny 2's expansion Beyond Light, which will give you access to a darkness power, of which Lightfall will give you the second one when mm-hmm. it comes out at the end of February. There is also going to be Mafia Definitive Edition, which we have also talked about on this podcast. That that is uh, that you in particular uh, enjoy. I have not played it yet, but here's my excuse: I'm having it. They took yeah. it off, plus, um, but it's 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 back in the game. And Evil Dead the game, which now I don't think I ever we ever had a full on discussion of no. it. But I I did buy this day one. It is very difficult and it's asymmetric multiplayer Mm. they added a battle royale this week it's hard to get in a match because i don't think anybody's playing so i'm hoping that like this reinvigorates the player base because there are a lot of like dlc characters that are cool like mia from evil dead 2013 but it's a game that needs a player base and when you don't have it and you're sitting on a menu waiting for 10 minutes to get into a match especially in battle royale mode when you're gonna lose in a minute if you're me anyway then it's like what what are we doing here i say they need some more single player stuff and yeah there's just some single player content but it's like frustrating and yeah come on so a lot of games are a lot of live services and other games are shutting down or ending their service pretty soon we know avengers is one of them I think somebody compiled a list of, like, eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, two we'll touch on here is Knockout City, that Epic Games melee combat-based battle royale thing that, like, I think we, like, thought the trailer was cool. Mm-hmm. Neither of us ever played it. This is Rumbleverse. Knockout City, which is a another one, that, that one that kind of looked like Splatoon, but it's, like, sports.
1: Yeah. That's
0: also getting shut down. I'm getting the two mixed, but they're actually both they, shutting down.
1: They're... <laughs> released within the what last two years
0: well knockout city had a couple seasons and some crossovers but like rumbleverse it's like straight up like it's over but i always thought it looked cool but the problem is nobody ever talked about it nobody seemed to play it I... and it, it's six months this is like less than six months and and knockout city like aside from rumbleverse knockout city had like tmnt crossovers i believe in all this stuff yeah we are in a, a moment in games now where we are starting to see all these like, oh, we're going to be the next best multiplayer thing. Finally, just they're all yeah, but, starting to give up.
1: Yeah, because it's too much money. Because that's how I've always said Fortnite is an expensive game to update. Yeah. But they make it based off their collabs and skins and just the general idea. But I think it's that fad that's no longer like anyone can just cash grab it's like only the just top and the best and the best can stay yeah because it's just too much money to in, to put in
0: like crossfire x that online shooter game that remedy i think might have worked on or at least had some part in like mm-hmm. some portion of it That that's shutting down square enix is shutting down babylon's fall uh the live service element of chocobo gp the final fantasy battle royale game on the phone the bravely default game on the phone it's just non-stop shutdowns, and it's all happening right now. Um, I guess they canceled some kind of Apex Legends spin off game. They're it's, shutting down the mobile version yeah, the mobile of, of Apex, Apex, Apex Legends, is some, off, which is stuff weird. like that.
1: The Apex is going strong. I don't think people will stop playing it. Yeah. it. It feels weird that they did that.
0: But, yeah, it's just that time where it's like, can we start focusing these resources on like a good product and not, and not like... Microtransactions and battle passes yeah. and stuff. I know how dare I know what the consumer must <laughs>
1: <That's> want. <laughs> the, oh, the joke! That, what, how, I,
0: I had to figure out a way to weave to leave that mean. in there. Hey, you know, back for blood?
1: Yeah, I remember back for blood. What about it? Well,
0: I replayed the first part from the beta, or, or, or you know, like a few weeks as, ago.
1: You asking for trouble? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's just about as as much as I remember. Um, that's not getting any more new content either. I think that the developers of that are moving on to a different game. So I don't know if it was ever intended to be like a service game. Like it was going to have some DLC, it's obviously. It's a card game. <laughs> it boils down to that, I guess. But yeah, it's it's not getting any new content. And honestly, I, I don't want to play any more of it. I played, I played through what we had played on the beta on a whim to see if anything had changed. Because you know, there's solo progression now. Yeah. You don't have to worry about teammates. You just play with bots. And the bots are good. But it's just, it's. I think it's boring. Yeah. And they have like three videos about the card mechanics when you first open the game. And I said, you know who's not watching these videos about the card mechanics? Daniel for Markers on the Mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's about all the news for this week. Um, I, I'd say if, if you haven't played the Theatrhythm demo uh, for PS4 or Switch, uh, it's got 30 songs on it. Mm-hmm. So it's a good indicator of like, are you going to like this game? And I'll probably talk about. It. I'll probably get it. Um, oh man! You know what? We did forget one more important news story, and I can't believe I skipped this. Shadow Warrior Three is getting a definitive oh. edition, a PlayStation Five update. It's right here in front of me. I was so focused on talking about what day. Really yeah. Um, so this has like all the updates that Shadow Warrior Three got referred. all the yeah. updates, all the upgrades. So it's got chapter select. It's got new game plus, but I think they're adding a few new things. Like, uh, it sounds like there's something with like, I, I don't know if it's a horde mode, but it says there's something in arenas. I don't know. This game mm. is great. Um, it was on our top 10 games of last year. It was on both of our lists in the same spot. I think, was it seven? Something like, something seven. like that. Um, it's a very good game. Um, so I'll definitely be having more to say when the, when the free PS5 upgrade drops, um, on the 16th of February, I want to say, mm-hmm. uh, I already bought my PS4 copy in in prep because the the last time of, that we played it, it was on PS Plus, but we had played it right before it left the service because mm-hmm. I believe it had launched. Uh, it was one of those like day one on like um, whatever they used to PlayStation, not mm-hmm. not View, whatever they called it before it was because View was the TV. <laughs> it was i can't even remember. playstation now playstation there now you there go. you go
1: <laughs> oh what I forgot yeah because
0: playstation view was their tv service and we actually had that for a i missed that but they got mm. rid of it um yeah shadow warrior 3 great game like doom but no puzzles <laughs> <laughs> anyway robert would you say we handled this live episode
1: yep yeah, that should wrap up this whole week
0: all right so as always, we want to thank you guys so much for listening. Please follow us on our Twitter at Markers on the Map. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and yeah, there's not much left to say. I haven't been watching the Last of Us TV show, uh, but I do have a choice quote. Choice quote that I that I heard somebody say was their favorite quote in the show, and that was, you know, Ellie, we really are the Sushi Striker, the way of Sushido. So we will see you guys next time. Bye.
1: Later.